the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Do you think the the stories we've seen thus far, the Twitter files, is the tip of an iceberg, the beginning of an avalanche, or are they going to be one-offs in your view? I think there is a systematic issue, obviously, at Twitter. And the issue is that uh, they have been suspending uh, accounts uh, and content without transparency. Now, let's be clear, this has happened both to some accounts of the right and accounts to the left. And I think that the important thing is to have full transparency to understand why they are making some of these decisions. Uh, and also to uh, have a, a recourse for appeal in the future, uh, which is why I've spoken out. Now, Congressman, I want people to remember, you are a, a Yale Law grad, you're a federal court clerk, an O'Melveny lawyer. You actually know when you talk about the First Amendment that, that what that means for a company protected by Section 230. It's not state action. It's getting awfully close. Are you concerned that members of the government met with Twitter on the subject of what they would and would not moderate and how they would do so? Well, I think we have to have all the facts, and we should have transparency. But, Hugh, here's the thing. A lot of the easy attacks on my op-ed or what I say is, oh, Twitter is a private actor. The First Amendment doesn't apply, uh, thinking that I uh, haven't thought of that uh, (laughs) obvious point. Uh, The reality is, yeah, technically Twitter isn't bound by the First Amendment. But they have a huge say over public discourse. And the point is that they should look to the First Amendment principles uh, for deciding how to run their public uh, sphere. Look, techies, they're great. I love them. I represent Silicon Valley. But they've been thinking about the balance of free speech for maybe 10 years, 15 years. Uh, There are jurists in this country who have been thinking about these issues for 200 years. And we have the greatest First Amendment jurisprudence in the history of humanity. So why wouldn't you look to those principles as you structure a public square? I think that is exactly the right answer. Even without getting into whether or not it's government action per se, we have a public forum, a limited public forum, and a non-public forum set of rules that Twitter could, any online people could adopt, and they actually make sense, don't they, Congressman? They do. I mean, look, this has been through blood, sweat, and tears, the jurisprudence of our country. And by the way, a lot of the strongest First Amendment principles, as you know, Hugh, came about during the civil rights movement because it was actually, uh, frankly, racists in the South that were appealing to defamation laws to shut down civil rights activism. Guess when the another time that strong First Amendment was defended in this country? During the Vietnam protests, because a lot of people were trying to shut those down uh, by an appeal to defamation. And so the history, actually, of the First Amendment in this country has been in a history that has protected uh, social activism. And I, I'm just shocked that I have gotten so much criticism from the left 
for standing up for the principles that Justice Brennan articulated so beautifully in New York Times Sullivan. Brennan certainly wasn't a person of the left. But, you know, whether you're left or right, the one thing that you should be for in this country is the Constitution of the United States of America, because it is still the greatest document in the history of the world on how to structure a liberal democracy. And if we lose that, if we lose the North Star of our founding principles, uh, then we really that's really the biggest threat to American democracy. Now, I want the audience to know, this is an interview, not a debate. So I'm not going to say to Congressman Khanna, oh, Brennan was a lefty, and I'm not going to say I think that the right was more uh, censored than the left. I'm not going to argue. I just want to hear his point of view. And that's what I want Twitter to do, is to make sure that responsible points of view are out there. Uh, can you can you find readily, Congressman, mainstream legacy media coverage of the Twitter files? Because I can't. You know, I have not been, a, uh, been uh, invited, actually, to, to discuss this that much. I mean, CNN has covered it. But, so, actually, Aaron Brunette had a segment uh, on exactly uh, this issue, and I've been on CNN uh, a number of times. But, you know, you, you, you raised something, I think, that is an important issue, and that is that in this country we're having two different conversations. Half the country uh, is focused on the Twitter files and whether speech was suppressed, and that's the biggest story. The other half of the country doesn't even know that that conversation is going on. And this is a challenge. Whatever your political persuasion, uh, if, if we're not even having the same conversation in the country, that is a huge issue because you're just not being exposed to what the other side is thinking. It is one of the reasons that I go on Fox News. It's one of the reasons I uh, come on uh, shows like yours, which I've always found very fair, uh, because what's the point if you're just talking to people who happen to agree with you or share your own worldview? Yeah, Disraeli articulated the two nations problem 200 years ago, and we've got to worry about the two nations problem, but not by wealth, by political division. Uh, Congressman, have you talked to Elon Musk since the, he took over Twitter? I, I have talked to him uh, twice, and I talked to him uh, around the time he took over Twitter, but the conversation with him that I had at the time was much more on uh, American manufacturing, what his ideas are uh, to make sure that we bring production back to America. Uh, you know, Tesla is in my district, and uh, my conversations with him have been uh, focused on that. I have not discussed uh, Twitter with him uh, because the last time I spoke to him, I, I think it was just in the works, and it wasn't clear whether he was actually going to go through with it or not. Do you think he's doing a good job transitioning the company to a private ownership as opposed to publicly traded? I've often I've joked as his shareholders are happy, obviously they got a huge payout. But the the point is, I think the jury is too. It's, the jury's still out, you know. And and here's what I say: uh, I am for the, the point of free expression of ideas that uh, he, he seems committed to. I am for eliminating bots that he seems committed to. And then I've seen statistics on both sides. Some statistics, I think Adam Schiff put out thing, uh, all of these hate speech, anti-Semitism, racism is up. Uh, Elon is saying, no, I'm not for hate speech. Those statistics are down. So I, I think, uh, you know, you don't want to be discriminating against viewpoint. But you, there's, in my view, fine. It's perfectly fine for Twitter to, to take down post, uh, accounts that are simply uh, trafficking in hate. And I, I guess my point is, let's let's see. Let's see over the next couple months 
uh, if uh, hate speech and those kind of accounts are down or not down and, and based that on, on fact and, and have transparency. What you have right now is I don't think people have actually uh, even done the, the research. Those on the left are saying it's up and those on the right are saying it's down. Uh, how about data and actually seeing what happens? Uh, Jack Dorsey testified, as did other Twitter people. Do you have concerns that they were not forthcoming in that testimony, whether intentionally or because they simply didn't know what was going on in the company? I'd be very surprised if uh, Jack was not uh, honest. I've, I know Jack Dorsey much better than I know Elon Musk. I've known him for, for years. Uh, not well, but you know, being from Silicon Valley, I've known him. He is actually... He always cared about free speech. It seems to me that some of the things actually happening in that company were happening without uh, his knowledge. So I doubt that he would have intentionally been misleading. Now, whether there are parts of his testimony that uh, he would correct in light of evidence that has come out, that may very well be possible. You also mentioned it's gone from a publicly traded company to a private company. I have raised the concern that shareholders and investors invested or didn't invest on Twitter based upon public statements, including the rejection of the accusation of shadow banning. Do you think that they've got an SEC issue here, Congressman? I know I don't know if your O'Melveny years brought you into the world of corporate <laughs> disclosure, but I seemed I think material facts were not revealed to investors. Well, I never pronounce on uh, SEC issues, as uh, you probably realize is wise policy not to be commenting on what an agency may or may not do. I would just say that uh, Twitter should make sure that uh, their statements and their policies are consistent uh, with the uh, with what they're representing. But one thing I'll say, because I'm, you know, I, I want to challenge uh, your listeners, and I know that uh, there's some conservatives who listen to this is. If you're uh, for uh, free speech and you want to make sure that that speech is, uh, is, is, is truly uh, hearing all points of view, the important thing is to speak out not just when conservative voices get banned, but also if there are liberal voices that you dislike uh, that get banned, and to be consistent. And I actually think a conservative would have uh, a very strong case if they say, look, here's an example of a conservative being banned. Here's an example of an activist we disagree with on some human rights issue being banned. Now, they may think there are more conservatives being banned, uh, but, you know, the, the, the th time that is difficult is when you stand up for free speech of someone who you disagree with, not someone you agree with. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.